Well, hello, everybody. Good evening. Welcome to Big Blue Avenue. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Hank and Dictor. A little different intro here tonight. Uh, Hank, first off, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm really excited about the new coaching hire and still hopeful that we will be seeing better days ahead. Let me just knock on my wooden table once more like I've usually been doing. How about yourself, Tom? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm excited for Brian Dable. I'm excited for the Giants. What's in store for the team in this offseason? We have a lot to discuss tonight, but before we get there, make sure to go follow us on all of our social media platforms on Big Blue Avenue on Instagram, Twitter, and our YouTube channel at Big Blue Avenue. And Hank, just want to quickly shout you out for filling in for me last night. I really appreciate it. That was an awesome show you and Johnny did. So awesome stuff all around as always. Thank you so much. And I want to thank you again, Tom, for letting me take the opportunity to fill in first of all. And really I've, I've been saying it for the past year and a half. I want to thank you for pretty much bringing me on board the review and preview train, but more importantly, I want to thank Johnny Matsumoto. If he's watching Johnny, thank you again for joining me last night and, talking about the NFC and AFC championship games. I was a blast. And I also enjoyed talking about Lundquist night as well. A lot of, there was a lot of good stuff in sports and Hey, I'm looking forward to see what more you have in store when you guys come back next week. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see. And we have our first comment of the evening, Nick Barnes feeling good about it too. William Hill. Hello, Will. Uh, Good vibes on staff so far. New beginning. I think it's interesting because um, Dable had his presser on Monday. He was hired on Friday, had the press conference on Monday. And Hank, you and I both watched this press conference. I did a video of it on our YouTube channel. Yes. And he seemed very genuine. He seemed like a very likable guy. There were three points of the press conference where I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm happy he's our head coach. One, where he calls out Matt Lombardo for being late, jokingly. <laughs> Two, he made the joke about um, the bald guy bearded club in the back. He's like, you got a seat for me back there? And then the third thing was he was very honest. He didn't make any promises, right? And yes. that's something you never want to do in an introductory press conference. No, a good a good mantra that I've often had is don't make promises you can't keep. And I think really the best part about the whole thing was – the difference between him and Joe Judge, and make Tom, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to take any shots at Joe Judge whatsoever. I get why he said what he said in last year's press conference, or two years ago. I don't know why it feels like last year, but in any event. It's been a while. I think the, the big difference for me was Brian Dable told you what you needed to hear. Joe Judge told you what you wanted to hear. And I think that was never more evident when he pretty much said stuff along the line. When he pretty much admitted, if you really read between the lines, he said, this is going to be a long rebuild. You know, he didn't say, oh, we're going to try to be competitive. He straight up told you it's going to be a long rebuild. Now, that's not to say he's not like, you know, committed to starting Daniel Jones and having Saquon next year. I don't know how much control he has if they end up deciding to trade the ladder, but He's, he's going to go with what he has in terms of the two guys who are pretty much the elephants in the room on the roster. However, with that being said, again, he said it's going to be a long process to getting back, and he didn't make any commitments beyond 2022. And it's obvious that there's, that there's pressure on those guys, two guys for form. He may not have said it like, you know, directly in, in the press conference, but 
it's pretty obvious that they're that that's a, it's a major proof of the year for the two. Well, one's entering his contract year and the other is entering his fifth year option. So yeah, right then and there, both players need to have uh, a breakout season or at least a significant improvement, in my opinion, to remain on the roster in 2023. Um, now, let's get into some of the uh, quotes that he made. Obviously, he's a big relationships guy. He has relationships with Nick Saban, with Sean McDermott, with Bill Belichick. And he mentioned, I've been around the block, learned a lot of lessons, been around different coaches. He also stated that if Patrick Graham does not get a head coaching job, which he did not, he will stick as the Giants defensive coordinator. So I'm very happy about that, that Patrick Graham is staying. Um, Obviously, people have kind of deemed him as a bend but don't break type of coordinator, but Again, remember last year, Jabril Peppers, or this past season, that is, Jabril Peppers and Blake Martinez both suffered season-ending injuries relatively early, and Dave Gettleman never found a good replacement for Dalvin Tomlinson. So, you know, you can't really go ahead and say Patrick Graham had a bad, had a bad season as defensive coordinator. So I'm happy he's back, and I'm happy Thomas McGoggy is back as well as the special teams coordinator. Um, there was rumors he might go but I'm happy he's back. Uh, Shaplinski is out, the quarterback's coach, and we have several new coaches. Um, obviously, today the Giants announced Matt uh, Mike Kafka as the offensive coordinator. Uh, we'll get to him in a little bit, but this presser from Brian Dable, a lot of the questions were about Daniel Jones, and he commented on his work ethic. He commented and he pretty much doubled down on what Joe Shane said in his press conference the week before. Um, you know, you want to make something that's lasting. You want to build a fort in front of him. You want to keep Daniel Jones on his feet. That's how he's going to be successful. He asked, he's going to ask Jones to point out plays and concept he's liked during his first three years in the NFL and his four years at Duke, three playing. So and he also said there's a lot to like about Daniel Jones. And I think a lot of Giants fans are very divided right now on how they feel about Daniel Jones. But regardless of how you feel about Jones, that was absolutely the correct thing for him to say in that press yeah. conference. 100%. You want to give him confidence. Ownership showed that they still have faith in him. You want your new coach to feel the same way. And he's trying to, you know, build the offense around his strengths. And and like I said, I'm I, we already established that they're not going to get a quarterback in the draft. So you you have to make do with what you have. you got to let Daniel Jones have his prove it year. Well, they're not going to get a Daniel Jones replacement in the draft. That doesn't mean oh, they yeah, won't. No, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. That, that's my point. Yeah. My point exactly. Let's get fired up. Shout out to Noah Dibler was representing our review and preview merch yesterday. Uh, appreciate you. Happy that you got the merch, and I'm glad you're enjoying it. Uh, Blue City Empire Sports. How do you guys feel about the New York Giants hiring Kansas City Chiefs Mike Kafka? Well, I think it's a good hire because he did work with Mahomes and obviously Kafka did not have much success as a player, but he's a pretty damn good coach from what I've heard. He's learned under the best and Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, really good offensive system. And he's definitely an upgrade over Jason Garrett. In my opinion, you want to get more vertical with the offense. You want to develop concepts that create separation for your wide receivers. So overall, I, I think this is a good start. Um, with bringing Mike Kafka in as the OC. He was one of three finalists 
Pep Hamilton, and then the other was Chad O'Shea. I think it was realistically between Pep and um, Kafka. So a lot of people wanted Kafka. So I'm glad Kafka got this job. Yeah, me too. I think I'm. I like that they're hot. That they're hiring hiring a lot of the Buffalo Bills connections to join the staff. Because make no mistake, Buffalo is an, an organization that has completely turned things around. But I also thought it was nice to mix in something from the Kansas City regime. And, you know, to piggyback on your point about Andy Reid, if you look at historically a lot of people on his coaching staff, it's been mixed results when it comes to, like, the head coaching jobs. But every single person that he's had as an offensive coordinator has has done well in that position. So I think if you're going to put Daniel Jones in a system where he would learn something similar to Andy Reid, and if you know Andy Reid, like I've said for years, you can say what you want about his in-game strategies when it comes to the playoffs. He is phenomenal at developing quarterbacks. I'm not exaggerating. I haven't seen every single quarterback he had up until Patrick Mahomes looked better than they actually did. Donovan Nab is the biggest example of that. And not to mention, this is a guy who won games with AJ Feely and Jeff Garcia to name a few, and even Alex Smith. So if you're learning an Andy Reid like offensive scheme, I think you're in pretty good hands. Absolutely. And George Bristol with a comment, shout out George, um, good friend of my brother's they're not doing anything without no line. Yeah. And I think Shane emphasized it. You want to see what Saquon could do. You have to block for him. You got to keep Daniel Jones up on his feet. If you want to see what he could do. Um, I think the biggest thing in this draft is you have to take at least one offensive lineman with those first two picks, if not two. Um, not negotiable. Whether not it's negotiable. Evan Neal, Ika McQuonu, Tyler Linderbaum, Charles Cross, whoever it may be, those are the top four, in my opinion. Um, there were a couple of candidates that impressed a lot in the Senior Bowl today, which we're going to get into the senior bowl prospects in a little bit. There's a lot of good prospects that played today and good news for people who hate Evan Ingram. There is a lot of good tight end prospects <laughs> in the senior bowl that are entering the draft this year. So, but George, you're hundred percent correct. It's been a problem this past decade. It's, I mean, it's really sad. Go big blue. Yes. I agree with that statement. Um, a hundred percent. The Von Griffin. I am feeling good. You know, I'm feeling good, but I'm not feeling great yet, right? Because everything could look good on paper, but it could all fall apart like last season, right? A lot of things looked good on paper. They got Kenny Galladay. They got Adoree Jackson. They drafted Kadarius Tony and Aziz Ojolari, who a lot of people pre- predicted as the first two picks anyway, regardless of the order they were selected, and it shit the bit. Steve, how's it going, Steve? I didn't want Pep, Steve. okay? So I'm cool with the hire. Shout out Steve, one of our biggest supporters here on the channel. Thank you very much, Steve, for the comment. Uh, yeah, I I wanted Kafka, but I, I'm kind of glad it's not O'Shea. Um, I don't know. I think Pep would have been my second option, definitely not my first, but I, I would have went Kafka, Pep, and then uh, O'Shea. And Pep's been talked about for like the past month. But anyway, uh, Kafka, let's talk about him, right? 
offensive coordinator coming over from the Kansas City Chiefs as their quarterback's coach. Uh, what stands out the most about him to me is that he was also their passing game coordinator for the past four seasons. He's been with the Chiefs since 2017. He was a fourth-round pick by the Eagles in 2010. To note, this will be his first time actually calling plays. So that's something that's going to be a big step forward for him. And he's the first outside hire this offseason by Shane that's not from the Buffalo Bills organization or no previous ties or connection. So I'm very interested to see what he brings to the table. It can't be as old school as Kevin Gilbride and John Huffnagel. Those were... Gilbride was better than Huffnagel, but he was. Get, but later that. on, he you could tell he was near his expiration date and probably should have gone much sooner than he did. Oh, and go back to a four three and actually blitz. Yeah, um, I like. I mean, I love defensive tackles. I love defensive tackles. The problem is, uh, George, we have Austin Johnson, but he's a free agent. We're going to have to re-sign him and. I don't know if we draft two. I do believe that's what they ran in Buffalo, though, but obviously the defensive scheme is what Patrick Graham wants. They want to run a press man scheme, and, you know, I would love to get a 4-3 defense back. I know in 90 and 86 they ran the 3-4 because they had so many good linebackers, but Lawrence Taylor was essentially that fourth defensive lineman that could drop back into coverage. He could do everything, right? arguably the best football player of all time. Definitely the best on the defensive side of the ball. Yep. Love LT. The real LT. Um, yes. I had to bite my tongue. So, somebody at work last week said, Ladani, I, I told you the story already. It's not yeah, worth you did. repeating. You did. Let's save my breath on that and frustration. I'll get excited after I see how Joe handles the draft. Yes, because this is his first draft as a GM. Now, he was at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. So that was a good sign. He's already scouting these prospects, these seniors that are coming out of college. And, you know, Shane seems a little nervous. You know, young guy, first time in this position. He knows the organization has been haywire the past four to five years in the front office. So, you know, I understand the concerns all around, regardless with who was GM. If it was Dave Kettleman, if it was Joe Shane, if it was anybody else that we may have hired. Devon says Joe Judge was a bad coach and a liar. Um, you could argue both of those points. Um, I don't necessarily think he was a liar. I just think he was dealt a very raw card and thought he had a lot more than what he actually had. But you could definitely make that argument that he was a liar because that's what it looked like with the product that the Giants put on the football field. Not going to say if I agree or disagree with that, Devon, but it is a good point that you bring up. Uh, it's yeah, I don't, I don't want to really go down that track again. All I I'll know agree is more how he handled stuff, how he handled certain things is another matter entirely. I, I'll I'll definitely give you that. I know Tom, you and I both agree that he he handled things far from perfectly, but bad coach again. It's let's not pretend that he didn't get screwed with the bad hands. Yeah, he had Dave Gettleman making uh, draft picks for him and relying on other people to like be their yes man to say yes to these picks that he was making. Dave Gettleman was way out of touch, and regardless of how bad we feel that Joe Judge was as a coach, 
in my personal opinion, he never should have been on the same timeline as Dave Gettleman, which is why I was upset personally. I wanted him to get one more year to prove himself without Dave Gettleman as the GM, but that's not how the NFL works. When you're a disciplinarian like Joe judges, if you're not winning quickly, the disciplinarian approach is not going to work. And ultimately that could have been what resulted in Joe judge getting fired. And unfortunately Um, that's been the case with a lot of Bill Belichick assistants in the past. Imagine if you could get some Tyreek Hill type of results out of Tony. I'm digging the Kafka higher. Oh, forget Tyreek Hill. What about Debo Samuel? Both. Both. Both of them would be insane. If you asked me if I could have one of them right now, I would take Debo over Tyreek only because he's younger. And Tony reminds me more of Debo. Yeah. Uh, I also think I Debo plays in an offense that is not as good. Passing-wise, they don't have as good of a quarterback as the Chiefs, obviously. I mean, that's people don't even need a brain to figure that out. Um, you know, so, again, Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. Tyree kills the top five receiver in this league, hands down. But, you know, I think Debo is as well. Yeah, I can definitely see the Debo comparison. And I'm rooting for Kadarius Tony. I, I am. I think he's the second-best receiver on this roster behind Kenny Galladay. I'll even put him above Sterling Shepard, ceiling-wise. We know what Sterling Shepard is. All right. Um, Back to the press conference, Hank. Is there anything else you wanted to discuss? Um, He he was cracking a lot of jokes. I mean, he mentioned that we've got a lot of work to do. He also said, I can't wait for this to end so I could start making some hires. And people asked him, like, they threw the Cincinnati Bengals reference at him, and Dable was like, guys, I'm no. just trying to hire a staff right now. That's literally all I'm trying to do, you know? Yeah, no, he said that the Bengals are, like, a totally different situation, which he's right. He's right. They are a different situation. One of my favorite quotes – let me give you some of my favorite quotes that he said during the press conference. One of them was, you have to learn to crawl before you can walk. And I think that quote – I think the context behind that quote was he was trying to respond to to all the Bengals comparisons saying that the Giants are in a different situation. They don't have like a talented quarterback that they can draft soon that they can just automatically turn things around like Joe Burrow, like, or you don't have like as much talented receivers that, well, actually they do have talented receivers, but like they're not in a position where the Bengals were to where they could, they could be a Super Bowl contender in a matter of a few years is what I'm trying to say. And I liked also how he said, like, you know, oh, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I've been around the block. And I love how he mentioned that he worked for Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, but he said he's not trying to be either of them, which yeah. I think is probably the case. But he claims that, oh, New York's fine, his, that his grandma was much tougher on him growing up than possibly the New York media. That was a great quote. Yeah. Um Starting from scratch, I mean, pretty much that's what's going to happen when you hire a guy like Joe Shane as the GM. He helped build build Buffalo from scratch. I mean, he mm-hmm. was a product of Brandon Bean, and I've seen a lot of rumors going around, well, Dable wasn't successful in Cleveland. He wasn't successful in Kansas City. They should have never hired the guy. In fact, I mean, I heard people that were saying, don't hire Brian Dable. Um, we, don't, we don't think he'll be a good option for the Giants. Um I mean, my rebuttal to those people is the league is trending towards offensive minds and you want Daniel Jones to succeed. And Dable has that connection with Joe Shane. Uh, I think Greg Thompson brought it up on the show a couple of weeks ago. 
Josh Allen's development, right? Dable is older now, not to mention the one year he was with the Chiefs was the last year before they cleaned house when they brought Andy Reid as the head coach. And Dable wasn't even, you know, he, he didn't have anything to work with with that football team. He didn't have anything to work with. And then you could argue the same situation with the Browns. The Browns were bad for two decades. The Browns were bad for two decades. Coaches didn't last, regardless of how good the coaches were. You know, it's just one of those things where the players couldn't perform. Uh, their their system was broken. Their front office was atrocious. And, you know, they're starting to semi, semi turn things around. Um, speaking of turning things around, we haven't been in the playoffs since, uh, yes, 2016. But the playoff game happened in January of 2017 against the Green Bay Packers. The infamous boat trip. Um, also, should, should, should we congratulate Odell? Should we? Uh, eh, I'll pass. You, you know what? Con- congrats to all the New York Giants, former New York Giants that made the Super Bowl. That's the way I'll phrase it. Listen, nope. he's with a better team and a better quarterback. Um, good for him. I don't really feel bitter. It's just it's what it is. Yeah. We're not I'd necessarily – I'd rather go to the Super Bowl with the Rams than say the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles. We're not hating on him. We're, we're just not the biggest fans. We're, we're Eli Apple haters. That's yes. that's factual. Um, I've never liked Odell, but I'll admit he's matured a little bit. Um, usually, that's what happens with the older you get with most people. Um, I still think he has antics sometimes that I don't necessarily love, but good for him. Good for him. I also think the difference with him right now is he, unlike with Cleveland, he's not being relied on as the number one receiver. That was never going to be the case as long as yeah. he had Cooper Cup on that team. And Van Jefferson, Tyler yep. Higby. Um, I mean, Robert Woods went down, but that benefited him too. That gave him a larger piece yeah. of the pie. Mm-hmm. 80s football players. Oh, wrong comment. Uh, were not playing for the money. They were playing for the love of the game. They weren't leaving the, the team to play with another team. I love this comment. I love this comment because guys were loyal to their organizations. They weren't playing for money. And you look at the reason why Tom Brady was so successful towards the end of his career. I mean, throughout his whole career, of course, but in particular towards the end, why his numbers were even better than in his 30s because all these guys – took discounts to play with him. Chris Godwin, Shaq Barrett, just to name a few. These guys wanted to win another championship, and they almost did. They almost did. A couple things didn't go their way. They had a couple bad injuries, and they lost by a field goal to a near super team. Uh, Don't get me started on Apple. I hated him from the jump. He went to that school in Ohio. That school, yes. (laughs) I love the reference right there. Um, Stuff from the presser that we also have to mention are the players who were in attendance. Blake Martinez and Sterling Shepard were both there. Sterling Shepard is one of our possibilities of being a cut casualty. We don't like to mention that, but the guy is probably not going to play until at least week eight or nine of next season. Why bring him back when you have to clear up $40 million in cap space, according to the words of Joe Shane? Um doesn't make sense. And he credited his grandmother. 
She yes. was she was tougher on him than any other coach that Dable had. Yeah. I like that a lot. I liked it a lot. And he mentioned that he's going to lean on his coaching staff. Dable will not call the plays. That will be the offensive coordinator's responsibility. And Dable said, on becoming head coach of the Giants, it was a dream come true. And rightfully so. I mean, who wouldn't want this job? Bill Parcells, you know, is a good friend of Joe Shane's. He's like, yeah, you should take this job. You should definitely take this job. Steve asks, if Shepard restructured his deal, does he stay, even with the injury history? Now, this is certainly a possibility because he's not a free agent, and he's a veteran. And on a roster of young receivers, you need veterans. But unfortunately, they also have Kenny Galladay to pay. Luckily, Tony's only on a rookie deal. Darius Slayton's on a contract year. With the new GM, with the new head coach, I don't think Sterling Shepard will be on the team past the 2022 season. It's likely for him to be the ideal situation, Steve, would be for Shepard to play in 2022 and get traded. That would be the ideal scenario for the Giants, that you get something for him rather than having him be a cut casualty. The problem is Davy Boy, who is waltzing away in retirement, he did a much worse job than Joe judged it. I don't care what anybody says. He gets to retire. He doesn't get fired, which is screwed up because uh, he was the one that really, again, he wasn't the sole reason why the Giants sucked this much and went this low, but he was a big part of it. It, it, it just makes no sense. Uh, I believe Sterling Shepard's cap number is around $12.5 million. I can get you an exact number on that. I actually did a video on it earlier this week. Um, let me see. We'll put. We'll, actually, you know what? Let's do a little social experiment. Well, I mean, we'll pull up spot track right now for the New York Giants. We'll share the cap numbers, and we'll show you guys who we think is gone. I know we kind of went over this last week, but we, we really didn't give people a visual. So here you go, Steve. Uh, Giants 2022 cap. Uh, oof. Google loves throwing ads at me. Sterling Shepard. So, if yes, 12, 12 and a half million is his cap hit. If the Giants were to release him after June 1st, they would save over $8 million. But right now, looking at this, they'd be saving about $4.5 million because they'd accumulate nearly $8 million in dead money. That 7.9 number, I know it might be hard to see because the screen is small, but uh, you get the point. They're not going to save much by cutting Sterling Shepard, but it's something. And the guy's hurt. Uh, Rudolph is definitely a cut casualty. And so is Nate Solder. I mean, just get rid of him. Devontae Booker might be a cut casualty as well. You could save over $2 million. People have argued uh, Riley Dixon as well. Um, I don't think Nick Gates is getting cut, but he would save you a good chunk of money. Um, trying to see who else. Uh, I think Blake and Bradbury both get restructured because I know Bradbury, you'd free up twelve and a half million, but that's not something 
that's not a guy you want to cut right now, especially with only one year left on his deal. It would, would happen is if you extend James Bradbury folks, um, then you would free up some money that way. That would be the way around it. And that's why they're keeping Kevin Abrams around to try to help Joe Shane, the, the young GM figure this out. So kind of where I stand with this situation. Um, not to mention we have to pay Daniel Jones if we're if we decide to keep him. We have to pay Saquon Barkley if we decide to keep him, which love Saquon, but I don't want to pay him that money. I don't want to give him a contract. There's way too many good running backs in this league that are picked in the late rounds. Um sixth round rookie started the NFC championship game at tailback this year and Elijah Mitchell. Just goes to show you, you don't necessarily need a star running back. But let's go over some team news, Hank. Yes. It was announced on Tuesday that Ken Dorsey will remain with the Buffalo Bills, will be their new offensive coordinator. We already discussed Mike Kafka. Mm -hmm. The Giants also added Shea Tierney to be the new quarterback's coach. He was the assistant quarterback's coach with the Buffalo Bills. And I think this is a good hire. I think this is a good hire because he's worked under Dable already. There's the obvious Buffalo connection there. Yep. And he's working directly with Josh Allen, with Mitch Trubisky. And the limited action that Trubisky played this year, he looked pretty good. Shea Tierney deserves a lot of that credit. So I'm not going to trounce that hire at all. Um, And then – Obviously, we mentioned Graham and McGaugie will stay as defensive coordinator and special teams coach. So that's two-thirds of our top coordinators are staying. I like that. I like that a lot, personally, because uh, I thought ne- neither of these two assistants were the problem. No, if anything, the defense was probably the anchor for the Giants, if that even makes sense. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. The only reason they give up a lot of points is because they're on the field too much. And if they're on the field too much, what's the problem? Maybe the offense? How do you expect Patrick Graham to have a top 10 defense like the Giants did last year when your offense can't stay on the field? One, you lose Dalvin Tomlinson in free agency and don't properly replace him. You bring in Danny Shelton for two and a half million. Um, Peppers and Martinez lost to a season ending injury. And you paid Adoree Jackson so much money. And I'll give them credit. They actually front-loaded that contract instead of back-loading, like what they did with Leonard Williams. You know how much money we owe Leonard Williams this year? It's disgusting. We owe Leonard Williams over $26 million. We owe him over $26 million. Imagine making $26 million in a year as a defensive lineman. That's unheard of. You look at the Bills' stars. Their stars aren't making nearly as much as the Giants base base salary. A lot of it is incentive based. And this is where the shortcomings come for Dave Gettleman, for Kevin Abrams, and this is why we hired Joe Shane, because he's good at managing the cap. Other news. I want to get your thoughts on this. Laura Young will come over as the new director of coaching operations. And to my record, I believe this is the first uh, this is the first female uh, hired in the team's history as far as coaching goes. 
and she also comes from Buffalo. She was the um, player services coordinator in Buffalo. Her title here will be director of coaching operations. So that is a step up. And she took a significant role in the Bills COVID-19 testing the last two seasons. She managed test schedules for players and staff and also did contract tracing for positive cases. So good, good, good for her. Yeah. Congrats. I mean, that's a big time role. She was, wasn't she hired by Rex Ryan too? Like, like, didn't she come in before the whole Mm -hmm. chain bean regime, the the whole people, the people that turned around the bills? Yeah. She's been there longer than Dable, longer than Bean, longer than Shane. If was she there. was there for that long in Buffalo, even when they were right at the end of like the down years, yeah, or I guess you'd say the wilderness years for the Bills, like that's that's a pretty good hire too. Like if I don't think the Giants hired her because she's a woman, I think they hired her because I I think she's very much qualified for the job, and for her to have that significant role for the Bills with the COVID testing too and all that stuff. I think getting Laura Young is a huge win. Absolutely. We'll see what she can do. A um, couple comments here. Uh, Devon Griffin says, I've been a fan of the New York Giants since I was one year old. I was born in 1991. So I believe you may have just missed 25. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. but He would have because 1990 regular season and then the game probably happened. Well, the game happened in late January, so he probably would have. Yeah. So unfortunately, uh, I'm sure, hopefully, you weren't old enough to remember Ray Hanley and Dan Reeves. Hopefully, you uh, started watching during the Jim Fossil era. Uh, may he rest in peace, because that was a much, Dan Reeves as well. Um, yeah. That was a much better era than the two previous regimes. Man, Giants lost two coaches in the last six months. That's terrible. Just thinking about it. I mean, Fossil hit hard, but when Dan Reeves went to on New Year's Day, I was like, way to walk in 2022 that was awful i mean reeves wasn't great but he had a good first season and he did bring an atlanta falcons team to a super bowl um you know what's crazy uh john mcveigh who fun fact is the grandfather of one of the coaches in the super bowls coached in the 70s he's still alive and he's in his like 90s john mcveigh yeah 1978 yeah. he was the coach during the infamous miracle at the meadowlands november 78 Steve, I never wanted Kyle Rudolph. I will give you 100% of the credit. You predicted that the Giants would sign him, and they did. You were correct on that. But I did not want Kyle Rudolph. It took a lot away from Caden Smith. And, yes, it made sense at the time because Evan Ingram was dealing with an injury, but Rudolph was dealing with an injury of his own. The Giants brought him in to fix their red zone problems on offense. You know what he did? He helped Daniel Jones lay on his back for half the season. That's what he did. He helped our incompetent right tackle, Nate Solder, chip block the weakest pass rusher on the team because Andrew Thomas is facing the best one more often than not, um, unless they travel to the other side of the line. Then you'd get Rudolph and Solder on that double team. Solder and Rudolph both have to go. I mean, they're, they're the most two obvious cuts on this roster. I, if Nate Solder is a giant again next year, I don't know what I'll do with myself. I really don't. And I'm a Notre Dame fan. I'm a big Kyle Rudolph guy. Mm-hmm. Not, not for the Giants. Not for the Giants. 
Abrams is why we are in cap hell. Yeah. Mm. Also says a little bit. I do agree. I would have tagged Williams and made him prove it. The problem with that, Steve, is Williams had all the leverage with us and he was going to walk if we didn't pay him the contract we did. We had already lost Alvin Tomlinson. So now there is less of an excuse to tag him. And we already tagged him the year before. He cost less money this past year than he did if we would have tagged him. And it made sense at the time because the Giants thought they were trending upward. You know, we were talking about winning between eight to 11 games this past season. That was the goal. But that didn't happen. So that's why I think the Giants are in this situation now with Leonard Williams. And it's not a good one, but he's here long term. Also, he says, I thought Graham did a great job considering how bad the offense was and not having all the pieces he could have had. I'm going to miss shake and bake so much. I really am. And like I said last week, I'm sure Pat and Joe are going to remain good friends, even though Joe is no longer the head coach. But at least we get one, one half of shake and bake is still here. So that, that sort of makes me think in a way Joe Judge is still here. Besides the point. <laughs> oh man, you're you you love that guy. I do. Uh, I really do. I am thirty. Okay, so ninety one. Yeah, so you definitely missed the twenty five Super Bowl. Okay, um, that makes sense then. Yeah, you see, it's a very complicated situation right now. They could extend him to free up money by a year. But, I, again, I don't know if that's the smartest decision. Um, potential free agent options. There's a few I want to go over, a couple from the Buffalo Bills. Um, obviously, there's been rumors about Isaiah McKenzie being a special teams guy, being a returner, cheap option. Levi Wallace, a cornerback who's on their contract, and Mitch Trubisky to potentially come in as the backup quarterback. Hank, what are your thoughts on those three names so far? I mean, obviously we know the Giants are going to get a couple of players in here that are former Bills. Yeah, I like two of those names. I'm not sure how I feel. I'm not sure if I'm that crazy about Mitch Trubisky coming here as a backup, but, you know, again, who knows? I I, I have other names in mind with regards to backup. I'd probably rather go with, say, maybe a Nick Foles as a backup. I don't know if that's going to happen, but... I don't want Nick Foles. You know who I want? I'd rather have him than Mitch Trubisky is what I'm saying. I'm not saying I want him that bad. I'd like Jacoby Brissett. That's a good one, too. Because, and I was telling you this on the phone last night when we had our pre-show meeting. Yes, I remember. You need someone that's experienced. You can't have somebody that's like virtually the same age as Daniel Jones, right? Trubisky... There, there, there'd be rumors about you know whether he should start or not. Jacoby Brissett is a pocket passer quarterback who can take off when the play breaks down. That's what you need. He has experience with the Patriots. He started for the Colts in 2019. He's going to be a cheap option. He, he was pretty good in relief of Tua this season. He's a huge upgrade over Mike Glennon as well. Yeah. That's who I would sign as the backup quarterback. That's just my opinion. Um McKenzie and Wallace, okay. If if you want to bring them in, fine. They could use another receiver. Yeah. But again, 
this is not going to be a free agency where the Giants spend much money at all. They the no. biggest signing they might make and should make is a stopgap guard like a Mark Lewinsky or somebody of that nature, somebody who could potentially be um, a starter at one of the two guard spots in 2022 because we're looking at our two starting guards potentially in Lemieux and Gates who both had season ending injuries. And we all know Will Hernandez is not coming back. Yeah. Good riddance. Don't, don't want that guy. So now ladies and gentlemen, and if you have any other comments on the coaching staff, please feel free to comment. We would love to take them. Um, Obviously we still don't know who. uh, Oh, how did I forget this guy? The Giants hired Bobby Johnson as their new offensive line coaching. I'm kind of mad at myself for forgetting that. Uh, Bobby Johnson was hired. He was the Bills offensive line coach, and he did a pretty good job. You look at the Bills offensive line in Buffalo and the talent that they've developed over the past few years. Bobby Johnson has been there since Brian Dable has been there. Um, They drafted Spencer Brown in the third round as a swing tackle who ended up becoming a starter. I wanted the Giants to look at him. Deion Dawkins got a nice contract extension last year. Bill's starting left tackle. And they have good players. Mitch Morse, John Feliciano, who's been there for a while, Cody Ford. No high-profile name players that are making a shit ton of money. Nate Solder was making more money than four of the Bills starting offensive linemen last season fun fact that's not so fun oh, I don't that's, that's not a fun fact <laughs> <laughs> that is not a fun fact but what do you think about bobby johnson yeah another good coaching hire and again a buffalo guy who i know was def- definitely had a hand in their success can't argue with this hire either no so so far the names from Buffalo that the, that the Giants have brought in, Joe Shane, the general manager, Brian Dable, the head coach, um, Shay Tierney, quarterbacks coach, Bobby Johnson, the offensive line coach, and um, Laura Young, director of coaching ops. And they signed Antonio Williams, a former running back of the Bills, to a reserve future contract. And that leads me to my last point on Dable. Did you hear the point in the interview where somebody was like, welcome to, welcome to New York. First off, you're in New Jersey, as much as I hate to say that. <laughs> Two, Dable's lived in New York for the past, like, five years. I think what he should have said was welcome to the New York City metropolitan area, but – he should Again. have said, welcome to the Giants. <laughs> That's what he should have said. And Dable laughed it off. He, he was funny about it. And, you know, he has six kids. Six kids. One of them is 22 years old. He's a GA at Penn State, works with Penn State football. Um, has a 22-year-old, and I think his youngest kid is four years old. He also brought up his four-year-old daughter was falling asleep in the press conference. That's how good the press conference was going. <laughs> Some That's funny great. stuff right there. That's great. But, now we're going to also use, what's up topic. I love that he drove that blue pickup truck too. That, that just looks so badass, man. I'm sorry. Sick. I had to say that sick stuff right there. Now we're going to talk about the senior bowl. Why are we going to talk about the senior bowl? We're going to talk about the giants future. 
Obviously, there's no other additions yet in the coaching staff. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. We're going to talk about some of the senior bowl standouts over the first two to three days, who's been very, very impressive. And of course, there are some big needs on the Giants. We need offensive linemen, interior and exterior. We need a tight end. We need defensive linemen. We need a backup running back. We might need another wide receiver if we dump Sterling Shepard. Slayton's had some drop problems. He's entering a contract year. Kenny Galladay, we don't know. Can he stay healthy? Same thing with Tony. We probably need another wide receiver. John Ross is not coming back. I mean, you're left with practice squad guys like David Sills and Dante Pettis. So without further ado, the first name I want to talk about is Trevor Penning, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. He is projected as a day two pick at this time. He's a second He's like a second, third round guy at the moment. And he's described as a nasty guy. Um, I think the one thing about him that I didn't like, he plays a little bit too much after the whistle. He reminds me, Hank, of a better version of Will Hernandez. But this guy's huge. This guy's huge. And the Bills, the reason why I mentioned Trevor Penning. The Bills drafted an offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa as well last year. I mentioned him a few minutes ago, Spencer Brown. He's turned out to be a nice right tackle for the Buffalo Bills, and I think Trevor Penning could do the same thing for the New York Giants. And you're going to love this next one. Daniel Falale from Mm -hmm. Minnesota. This guy is 6 feet 8, 380 pounds, and has 55-inch arms, and he can move. He's like Trent Williams. He could pull as a left tackle and he was moving people i was watching it today while i was working at home and i'm like holy shit this guy can play this guy could play and eat like and obviously if evan neal's not there you still want to get a tackle if you don't get a quonu or charles cross i think the purpose of the senior bowl is to evaluate the seniors that are coming out of the draft a lot of these guys are day two picks that we're about to talk about now and I think these are two tackles. Personally, I wouldn't mind either one. I don't know where your head is at with, with the draft and what the Giants should do at five and seven. But if they don't double dip on O-line in round one, one of these guys should be there to steal in round two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hope so too. I think I would love to see how – how do you pronounce his name? File? File. Yeah, <laughs> Falele would definitely be a good option if he's around later on. Penning, I took a look at some of the notes that you took on him. He is nasty, and hopefully he turns out to be a better uh, better Hog Molly than Will Hernandez. But, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe I mentioned Hog Molly and Will Hernandez. Yeah, and he didn't, use, he didn't even use the term Hog Molly. So. Okay, that's good. Good. I don't, I don't ever want to hear that term again by a Giants general manager. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's definitely something to note for sure. Um, thinking of some other guys. Oh, let's move on to the tight ends. Yes. I was going to say, this is a stack class, right? Are you ready for this? Yes, bring it. There's a lot of them. Um, and that's not including the best one on the list. But these are the tight ends that participated in the Senior Bowl so far. Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State. 
Jake Ferguson from that's supposed to say Wisconsin. I don't know why that says Ohio State. Just ignore that. Uh, Charlie Kolar, uh, Kohler from Iowa State. Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina. Trey McBride, who I love from Colorado State. And then Cole Turner from Nevada. So it's interesting because this draft is highly regarded as a great tight end class. And this is a perfect time for the Giants to snag a tight end in the third or fourth round, similar to what they did with Kevin Boss in 2007. And personally, I would love either Trey McBride, Charlie Kohler, or Jake Ferguson to be a New York Giant. Those are the three that I like the most, but I wouldn't mind anybody on this list. Yeah, I mean, can't can't get any worse than having than the butterfingers that we had for the past five six years, and can't get and you you know one of them's going to be a better blocker for sure. So, yeah, I'm gonna hopefully hopefully after the show in the weeks to come with regards to the draft, I'll take a look at some more film of these guys going forward. But yeah, I don't I don't really think you can get much worse than what you've had for the past what five years. Yeah. Though I, I still hope to see Caden Smith make contributions to the team. I think Caden Smith is probably going to compete for the starting tight end spot next year, depending on how his knee. I mean, he has an, a full off season to recover. I don't know if he's getting knee surgery or not, but he was having knee issues this year. That's why he wasn't used as much. That's why he was more primarily a blocker. But I also think the offensive scheme did not benefit his game at all. He has great chemistry with Daniel Jones. And if I'm Daniel Jones, I'm telling Brian Dable, we used Caden Smith a lot in 2019. The last two years, we haven't used him at all. I love throwing to him. Let's get Caden Smith more involved in this offense. This is a guy that nobody knows about. Caden Smith is the reason why Chase Young is not a New York Giant as well. Little do most people know. Um, but I think the at least biggest, you got Andrew Thomas, so there's yeah. that. The biggest name on this list is Trey McBride out of Colorado State. He led the entire FBS for tight ends in receiving yards, had 90 catches. He only had one touchdown, but 90 catches, over 1,100 receiving yards, and a touchdown. So that Colorado State wasn't particularly good at scoring points, but Trey McBride was the lone bright spot on their offense. That's a guy you might see in a mock draft of mine for the New York Giants. I, I won't confirm or deny, but I love the tight end class. Isaiah Likely cashing passes from Grayson McCall. Jeremy Rucker playing with C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. And Charlie Kohler is a huge man. Actually, John Schmelk pointed him out, um, Giants reporter, so – that's very and Joe Shane is there. He's there in Mobile, Alabama, scouting these guys. You know, he's doing a very, very good job. And James Montefusco with the comment, <laughs> "What's up, gents? How's it going, James? For a tight end, can we make sure they can block and you know hold the ball and not drop it? What does Steve say? Stonewall, Stone Evan, hands, Stone hands, Ingram. Oh. <laughs> Get some like crazy glue on it, right? Shout out." To James Montefusco, the I'd producer. I'd say stick him if that were legal. Yeah. I'd say stick him if that were legal. Get some <laughs> stick him on it. And Nicholas Barnes with the comment. How's it going, Nick? Uh, good friend of Gabe Fleeton's. Keeping the defensive coaches the same is a good thing. Well, I think Jerome Henderson is staying as well. I'm not sure about Kevin Schur, the linebackers coach, but we did lose Coach Chaos to – 
he left for all right he came from penn state but i'm trying to remember where sean spencer went he went to another college that i know oh i believe he went, he to, went florida. to florida yeah he, he was Gators. supposed to go to duke but he went to Gators. florida yeah he went to the florida gators um but yeah i mean and you know what i'll pull up a quick reel of uh Trey McBride just to show you why I like this guy so much and break down some film quickly. But man, is this guy good? Like he really knows how to play. I mean, you just talk about the athlete, the athleticism in a tight end. This is a guy that you definitely want. Um, I'll share my screen here so that you could all see why I like Trey McBride so much. Just I'm not throwing smoke at you guys. Um, all right, Buffalo Wild Wings, get off the screen. All right, so as you can see, just the way he creates separation, and here he's lined up. He's crossing the middle of the field right now, wide open. And again, he's a guy, he, he's big, right? So he's going to be open over the middle of the field. That's something they didn't do much with Evan Ingram. Here he is on a little play action pass. And we'll probably see much more of that with Brian Dable. Doesn't it remind you of a Dawson Knox type of player? Yeah, yeah, I totally see that. It, it's just crazy the way the man gets open. Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's definitely a guy that I want. By the way, I love those orange jerseys for, for Colorado State. Um, again, works the sidelines. That's all we need. And he he doesn't drop the football. He has very good hands. Here he is again. That was the catch that I wanted everybody to see. Let's just back that up and show the folks this catch again. So here he is lined up as a receiver. All right, so the first thing people, some people might say, oh, he's Evan Ingram 2.0. That's not the case. Watch how he runs this route, and the quarterback recognizes how soft the corner is playing on this guy. So when we go through the tape here, you can't really see it because he's off screen, but when he comes back in, he's past this corner. That shows a lot of speed and good finesse for Trey McBride, and that's why I really like him a lot for the New York Giants heading into this 2022 NFL draft. There it is again in slow motion. Evan Ingram can't make that catch. I'm sorry. I believe this is one touchdown of the season. Yep. There you go to cap it off. So that's Trey McBride. I don't know what you folks think. If you liked what you saw, that was my mini uh, film breakdown of Trey. And we have a couple comments. <laughs> Wild Wings, your sponsor. No, um, no, James. <laughs> I don't mind Buffalo Wild Wings, but no. I like that kid. Yeah, you know, no, I don't. I I like it too. But I don't also, know. Steve, if you like tight ends, look into Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State as well. That kid's really good too. I like him a lot. And Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin. That's another guy I want the Giants to consider. But Trey McBride is by far my favorite. When you have ninety catches as a tight end, you're doing something right. Um. Also, I don't know if you noticed. Um, it, you could see it on Giants.com. Daniel Jeremiah had a list of his top 50 prospects. 14 of his top 50 prospects consist of a combination of edge rushers and offensive linemen. That's over a third of the field, and those are the Giants' two biggest needs. The Giants have three draft picks within the first 50 picks, right? So you're more than likely 
going to get at least two of those 14 top prospects, right? Whether it's O-line, edge, or double O-line, right? So that's something I'd be interested to see um, from Ohio who. (laughs) I I did not think that one through. All right, maybe we don't get Jeremy Rucker. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking about it now. Um, but yeah, look up Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin, Steve, if you have some time, he's, he's, an, he's another good one. He's not as good as McBride, but he, he, he's another kid who can ball hundred percent. A running back that I really like is Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he was in the college football playoff. He played with Desmond Ritter. He had like 13 touchdowns on the season. And what's one thing the giants are missing at the running back position? A North healthy, and yes, healthy north and guy. south, but and health, uh, a running back that is a capable receiver who can run routes and not get hurt, right? Saquon oh, Barkley, Saquon Barkley can do that, but I feel like that was his primary strength this season. I, I'm sick of seeing the one yard run, the three yard run, the negative two yard run, and then the fifty yard run. Right? There, there's literally no in between. This guy can get you some yards. He can move well in space. And he can run routes. Like I just said, he's a really good route runner for a running back. Jerome Ford is a player that I like a lot coming out of Cincinnati as a potential third or fourth round pick in this year's draft. I don't think the Giants should spend any pick higher than a fourth round pick on a running back. Keep in mind, we have, I believe we have the the Bears fourth round pick this year. Yeah, because we traded away the, the fifth to move up. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that 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 makes sense now. So, like, six of our nine Joe Shane said 11 picks. I think we're getting two comp picks um, come in the first three to four rounds. The dude out of Cincinnati can ball. Yeah, he's a good running back, too, because he's, like, he's nothing flashy, and he's not going to cost you a whole lot of money too because another problem is everybody's talking about oh my god the Giants should get this guy at number five the Giants get should get this guy at number seven right now we don't have money to sign a single draft pick because of what Dave Gettleman has done because of what Kevin Abrams has done the, the past four years so it's a very unfortunate situation you're going to see guys you like leave the football team Jabril Peppers, unfortunately, will probably not be back. That's just one name that I think Giants fans are going to miss a lot. I don't think you're going to miss Will Hernandez or Nate Solder, guys. I'm not going to admit. All right. Let me rephrase that. I don't love the idea of getting rid of Kyle Rudolph, but it makes sense cap-wise. It is the move that the organization must make. That's just me being a biased Notre Dame fan. But, yes, Kyle Rudolph needs to be cut this offseason. James, I don't, know, I don't know what you're laughing at, man. Is he cracking up about Dave Kettleman's terrible the, – the whole – He's laughing like Is Dave he laughing because he, spent, is because he knows that Dave spent like a drunken sailor? Pretty much. <laughs> That's what I think he's doing. But, I mean, it'll left to be seen. We also mentioned we're going to talk about – some wide receivers. We're going to talk about two in particular now at this time that I really like. And yes, Hank, no money. Yes, we are broke. Uh, Worse than broke. 
<laughs> we're in the negative 10. We're negative 10 right now. That's not good. Um, like I said, he ran up the credit card like a college freshman. My favorite, my new favorite expression. Here's your guy, Hank. Adam Rothschild. How's it going, Mr. Rothschild? Given the depth of the tight end class, we should be tri- patient and draft late. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really be opposed to that idea either because, look, having a tight end is very important. And as Tom pointed out, the tight end class is extremely talented. So I wouldn't necessarily think it'd be wise to get the tight end need out of the way so early. I, I think we got to spend on offensive – either double dip on an offensive lineman or maybe spend one on the on lineman and maybe one on edge. The four biggest needs in the draft for the Giants – one is offensive line. Yes. Two is edge, edge rusher. Third is defensive tackle. Yes. And because we couldn't stop the run, which is usually a strength of ours. And fourth is an off-ball linebacker who can drop into pass coverage. You must upgrade over Tay Crowder. Yes. All due, all due respect to that kid, he should be coming in on third downs to play pass coverage. That's it. He shouldn't be starting every single down. He shouldn't be the leading tackler on your football team either. Um, but he was available this year. Blake Martinez went down with an, with an injury. Tay Crowder was forced into being linebacker one by game three of the season. Tay Crowder should not be above a linebacker three on this football team next year. At least that's the way I look at it. Uh, we didn't go much into inside linebackers. Maybe we'll talk about that position next week, but Brian McArdle, knew, I, I, I knew this was coming. Brees Hall. <laughs> and Rashad White will probably be available in the fourth as far as receiving running backs go. Brian, you know how I feel about Brees Hall. I had him as a dark horse for the Heisman this year. Boy, was I dead wrong. Brock Purdy really screwed him over. Um, I love Matt Campbell. I thought he he was a candidate to get the Vikings job, but apparently it's going to Kevin O'Connell instead. Um, Yeah, Brees Hall two years ago was like a poor man's version of Najee Harris. And he was only a sophomore back then. So I think Brees Hall is really good. He has, he has potential to surpass Najee Harris and Harris is only a rookie. He hasn't hit his full potential yet by any means. He's not even close, but look out for Brees Hall in the draft. That's a really good pick that I forgot, Brian. I'm not sure if I got to watch him yet in the Senior Bowl, but I did catch the eye of Jerome Ford today, and that's why I wanted to bring him up. And the last comment I'll get to before we get to wide receivers is, Steves, how do you feel about Jalen Smith back with Martinez? How do you feel about that, Hank? Honestly, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. I'm fine with that. The problem I have with Jalen Smith mm-hmm is, yes, he can run from sideline to sideline with anybody, but he also misses a lot of tackles. Right. He has poor. He, he doesn't have the best recognition and pass coverage as you would like him to. Mm-hmm. And Because he, he played at Notre Dame, and I, I watched the kid for years. And, you know, he, he just – he was the best player on the defense when he was there. There's just something about him. Like, he, he's, he's – there's something about him that hasn't translated yet into the next level. There's a reason why Dallas cut this guy. You could argue, all right, off the field issues, whatever the hell it is. I think Smith is a much better version of Tay Crowder. I think that's a guy that you could look as 
you know what? If you don't draft an off-ball linebacker, you Jalen Smith, by all means, should compete for that linebacker two spot. But is it necessarily a given that he's here next year? Not 100% certain on that, but I don't necessarily hate the idea, Steve, of Jalen Smith being paired in the middle with Blake Martinez. Something I'd be open to. I'd prefer that over Tay Crowder. Um, I also don't think Reggie Ragland is coming back either. But next up, another name brought up by John Schmelk, Christian Watson, wide receiver out of North Dakota State. And North Dakota State, Christian Watson is a big kid. I really like him a lot. And the one thing that stuck out to me about him was his size and his hands. If you look at this guy, he was on the 2021 Walter Payton Walter Payton Award watch list. That's a quality that a lot of Giants fans would love to have. He is six feet, five inches tall, 208 pounds. And you want a good young wide receiver that's big on a rookie deal, right? Because Kenny Galladay, you don't know how long he's going to be here. He's probably going to be here for another two to three years at least. But I want homegrown talent from the draft. That is what I want. And I think Christian Watkins or Christian Watson, that is, could be a guy you potentially take, whether it's in the fourth round, whether it's in the fifth round, and he plays for the bison. And again, I don't have any film on this guy, but he is also quick for a big man as well at six feet five inches tall. Um, Steve says, I definitely want to draft someone but he can stay and compete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as far as draft goes, I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants go Nakobe Dean or Devin Lloyd at number seven overall. The Kobe Dean is a national champion. I know if Noah Dyler was in the comments section, he he'd boat he'd boat oh, race Jalen Smith out of town. <laughs> You know, that's you got to get that phrase copyrighted. The, the Kobe Dean's a player to watch. The Giants could take him at number seven. Joe Shane has a track record of taking defensive players in the first round, which I know that is not going to be the to the liking of Giants fans. But just know we went over a couple offensive linemen tonight that impressed us in the senior bowl because you don't always need to draft offensive linemen in the first round. The Giants found David Deal in the fifth round. Rich Stoibert was an undrafted free agent. Uh, I believe the Giants drafted Luke Pettigrew in the first round, and he he was not really fun to watch, you know? Um, Chris Snee, he was a second-round pick. So you can still get a guy like Trevor Penning or Daniel Falele out of Minnesota in the second or third round, potentially. Now that they impressed in the Senior Bowl, probably the second round, but... Um, I'd take almost anyone off that Georgia defense. Yeah, if they take Jordan Davis, can't argue with that either. Uh, Devontae Wyatt as well. Adam Anderson, linebacker. There's so many good players on that Georgia defense that could help the Giants out. The second wide receiver, I watched him today, and it was really, really good. Khalil Shakir from Boise State. Guy took some hard hits in the end zone. Um, he had a touchdown on a nice slant that was thrown by Kenny Pickett, the most highly regarded quarterback entering this draft at the moment. I know 
that a lot of people have him going early, probably a lot earlier than he should. But he made another nice catch as well. He accelerates out of his breaks well. One thing I noticed, and creates good separation. Very exciting upside for Khalil Shakir. He had 77 catches for over 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns in 2021 for Boise State. And if I can get a clip up of him, I'll pull it up. But, I mean, Khalil Shakir is a guy that I definitely – I mean, he might go round five, round six. That's that's how crazy this is. I mean, you look at the big receivers in this draft, right? You look at Jamison Williams. You look at Chris Olave. You look at Garrett Wilson. You look at a few others. I mean, right after him, right right after those guys, that is, you can definitely look at Khalil Shakir. We're actually going to take a look at him now, folks. Um, I don't have highlights from the senior bowl but i do have highlights from the season so we'll pull this one up here's khalil shakir go full screen for you so nice catch in traffic right there over the, the dense that was a hawaii not sure why this popped up Oh, nice little snow game right here. Check out this catch. That's one catch I really like a lot. You know, wow. you're going to be dealing with terrible weather conditions in the Meadowlands. And mm. that's a really good catch. And this one makes a guy miss, takes three guys to bring him down. Does that remind you of somebody? Darius Tony, maybe. Mm-hmm. Now he's not as big as Watson, but look how fast he is. <sighs> Khalil Shakir is somebody I could see the Giants de- developing into a future number two wide receiver. Look at the way he just hesitated and made the guy miss. I mean, how do you not love that? And this is the last one we'll show. Deep bomb. Make, make, makes the dive and catch. Khalil Shakir for you, ladies and gentlemen. That's a guy that I would love to see dressed up in blue next season. Yeah, I'm digging him too, Steve. I would love to have him on the Giants. He's somebody that I think would be very beneficial to this football team right now. They're definitely in need of a wide receiver who can stay healthy on the field. And to note, Four years at Boise State, not a single game missed due to injury. Tells us something, right? Again, that doesn't mean it won't happen in the NFL. I mean, the NFL is a big boy sport. So you got to be careful about that. Two other players I want to go over on the defensive line that participated today. Majai Sanders is an edge rusher out of Cincinnati. He beats players off the line easily. Again, played in the college football playoff. He only had two and a half sacks in 2021, but that's because he was getting double teamed pretty much on every play, similar to Cincinnati's cornerback, Ahmad Gardner. Heck, nobody would throw at Ahmad Gardner. That's why his stats weren't good. We're looking at Majai Sanders. He's drawing attention, not just from the left tackle, but he's getting chipped by the running back. He's getting – he had a lot of quarterback hits this year in – 
Trevor Penning, the guy we just talked about before, he laid him out the other day. So Majai Sanders is somebody I definitely consider. I don't know where you stand with our edge rushing unit because we have Ojolari, we have Roche, we have mm-hmm. Ellison Smith. I don't think Lorenzo Carter is coming back. So it'll be interesting to see what the Giants do with the edge rusher position heading heading into 2022. Yeah, for sure. Position of need, I could definitely see him coming to the Giants as a possibility. Cincinnati's team is more talented than I real than I realized. Like I know they went undefeated. I know they got smacked around in the playoffs, but like you know, that's a, that's a program that looks like it it could be getting. It's been doing a better job recruiting, and who knows? The last name we're going to go over tonight is a local kid, Travis Jones, defensive tackle out of UConn. And I know the first thing some people might be thinking: Why would we draft another guy from UConn? The competition is not as good there. And I understand your concern, but if we don't draft a defensive tackle in, let's say, the first or second round, you're going to be looking at day two, day three guys to fill that void. George Bristol mentioned earlier tonight in the comments section, he wants the Giants to move back to a 4-3 defense. That's when the defense had their most success. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could definitely make that argument. You know, some defenses run the 4-3 and are very successful. Some run the 3-4. With Patrick Graham as D.C., you're going to get the 3-4. Steve says we could use another edge piece. It would be nice to have that rotation stocked again. Yeah. I'm just thinking back to Strahan, O.C., Tuck, Kiwanuka, J.P.P. Man. Good old days. And that's how you win football games. That's how you win championships. Great offensive line, great defensive line. Then you only need average to above average receivers. You have a great quarterback. Hell. I mean, look at Joe Burrow. All right. That that that's not that's not a good example at all, actually. But their defensive line is really good. And I'm sorry, Giants fans, we should have never traded BJ Hill. Half a sack and an interception on Sunday's game against the Chiefs offensive line one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, Orlando Brown, Joe Thune, Creed Humphrey, <laughs> second-round pick. Damn. That was a line, Tom. I missed those days. And don't forget guys up the middle like Fred Robbins, Barry Cofield, Linval Joseph, Dalvin Tomlinson. Hard to believe he's been gone for almost a year. If you think about it, he he's, hasn't been around for that long. The NASCAR package, I'd love to bring that back. And who was that other guy? Oh, Dave Tolson. I, I have a funny story about him. When my uncle went to the 2011 NFC Championship game, my uncle's from Arizona, so he went with my cousin. They were staying at the same hotel as the Giants, and there was this guy sitting at the bar with. Dave Tolson's number 71 jersey on. Middle-aged guy. My, mm-hmm. my, my uncle is like, my uncle's whispering to my cousin, why the hell does this guy have a Dave Tolson jersey on? It was his dad. <laughs> he met Dave Tolson's <laughs> too funny. Bar. Yeah. <laughs> you seem to meet, it seems like you've met a lot of 
giant's relative somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've heard a lot of random. Yes, Steve is from Arizona. That is correct. Steve Ellis joining us from the West Coast. I'm trying to think. It's only like, what's it, 5 o'clock or so? I think you're two hours behind this right now, right? What's I keep for? I'm sorry. This is a dumb question. What state is he again? I I keep forgetting he's not in the East Coast. Who, Steve? Yeah, Arizona. Arizona. Wow. He commented that a couple weeks ago. I just I, I didn't see I, anything. You probably. I think he did say that once. I just I forgot. I, I he he comments on so many of our shows. I keep thinking, oh, East Coast time, but no. That's that's awesome. That's Steve, Giant, Giant, Giants fans travel well. Um. I don't know how you deal with that heat out there, but I give you a lot of credit. I give you a lot of credit. Um, Travis Jones from UConn. So far, had two really good days at the Senior Bowl, and he had a really good rep against Zion Johnson, an offensive lineman out of Boston College, who's projected who's projected to be a second-round pick. So I like Travis Jones a lot and what he's able to do. I was trying to think of guys that – you folks may not know much about guys that kind of fall under the radar a little bit. And he's definitely one guy that I can see perform very well on this Giants team, especially with the prototypical guys that Joe Shane liked to draft in Buffalo with Brandon Bean. Travis Jones kind of fits that mold for me personally. I haven't done a whole lot of research on him yet, but from the film I've seen today and a few of the highlights that I watched, um, I don't have any loaded up, unfortunately, but Travis Jones is a guy the Giants should definitely consider um, to be a defensive tackle. I think you need two good defensive tackles. This mm-hmm. year, we had Austin Johnson and Danny Shelton. That did not work. Did not work. You must upgrade. Another player that Brian McArdle just commented is Haskell Garrett out of Ohio, who... Um, <laughs> if he falls to the fourth, but people probably know of him already. Brian McArdle is from Tampa, Florida, big UCF fan. We examined Aaron Robinson last off season where the Giants selected him in the third round. Um, I, w- I won't be shocked if they take a chance on, on Garrett. I won't because, again, I don't know when the Giants will address the defensive tackle position because – the Bills drafted Ed Oliver in 2018. He's been a project type of player, but now he's pretty solid. So that makes me think they could be leaning more towards a Jordan Davis here. But if they haven't taken one yet and Garrett's there, I'd totally buy into him. 100%. Also, make sure to check out Brian McArdle at From the Stand Sports. I'm a part of that podcast as well. During college football season, we cover some of the shots and chasers of the week. We go over six games a week and we talk about a lot of fun stuff on there. That's Brian McArdle, Andy Hopper, and myself. Great college football podcast. If you love college football and want to evaluate potential future talent to join the New York football giants, that's where you can find us every fall. So that wraps up our senior bowl prospects. Hank, is there anything you wanted to add specifically on that or anything regarding the giants? I don't think I've, I've, I don't know if you folks know, but um, my phone died, like died, died last night. Like 
I can't wake my phone up. So I have to get a new phone. I've been texting Hank from my MacBook all day long. I know. It's, that's, that's <laughs> it's been a real pain in the ass. And it's been tough because I've been at work like trying to like and and like because I'm like focusing on my job, I can't always see what he's he's saying. But then on the I wasn't until I literally got in my car that I saw how much of a struggle he had. And I'm like, oh crap. But yeah, I hope you get that resolved soon, Tom. And yeah, I'm really excited to watch some more films on a lot of these guys that you mentioned. Some of them I've never heard because admittedly I've had a harder time like getting into the college football game. Like personally, I am a casual mission fan for those of you who don't know. I have a family member who is an alumni there, so that's why I'm that's why I tend to support them. But bleed blue, right? I'm not Tom, I'm not diehard with that school. No, I, no, like I'm not an alumni of that school. I can never claim myself to be a diehard. So and, and I'll, I'll certainly never be as big of a Michigan fan as I am a fan of the Yankees, Giants, and the Rangers. So there you go. I'm sorry, Hank. I'm sorry, Steve. Uh, and I know that comment that just popped up was his. I can't stand Michigan. Appreciate you, Steve. As, as a Notre Dame fan, I, I, I respect the school. I respect their players and their talent. Jabril Peppers was a Michigan guy. I know Steve likes him. Amani um, Toomer. I don't want to assume, right, but stop it, Buster. Um, yeah, I'm just saying, good Giants. I, I know. I, I know. Um, I don't if know. They, if, many- if they if they draft Aiden Hutchinson, I will be so pissed. There may have been one legendary falling to five. Too. I can't remember his name. Was it Tom yeah, Brady? I happen to like him a lot too. Tom Brady, who retired <laughs> this week, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, some people said, hey, you waited three days to create an Instagram slideshow that you retired. Also, uh, former Yankee legend Drew Henson. Briefly, Yankee in 2003. Don't know much about him, but. He was, a, he was the quarterback that went back and forth with Tom Brady late 90s. So, um, it's left to be seen, folks, that. Clearly, with the Giants coaching staff beginning to assemble, Daniel Jones was clearly a selling point for Joe Shane and Brian Dable. Without Daniel Jones, the Giants probably don't hire these two men. Uh, I think Daniel Jones may have had a piece of the pie in who the Giants hired as GM and head coach because the Giants are all in on Daniel Jones. I think Saquon Barkley as well could have been in a meeting or two with these players. I hate to say it, but when you're a captain – there's a chance you might be in one of these meetings once in a while. It, it, it's happened before. I would not be shocked if one or both of those players sat in on some of these meetings. Jones and Barkley are pretty much clones of each other when it comes to mentality, right? They're very professional. They carry themselves in a good way. Um, <laughs> I don't like Notre Dame either, so it's all good. Um, watch out. I know you don't play us next year, but – we got a great head coach now in Marcus Freeman, uh, former Ohio State defensive coordinator, by the way. I uh, just wanted to throw that out. Actually, I'm sorry, a former Ohio State player. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking there, but, yeah, that's um, that's definitely something to think about. So mm-hmm. we have a new head coach. We have a new GM. We have a new offensive coordinator in Mike Kafka, who was hired today. Shay Tierney, the new quarterbacks coach. Bobby Johnson, the new offensive line coach. The pieces are starting to fall into place, and I'm very excited 
for what holds in store for the New York Giants in 2022. Even if it doesn't result in a lot of wins, the theme for the 2022 season, we're going to announce it tonight, the next step. And that next step is rebuilding the New York football Giants. We're not retooling anymore. We're rebuilding the next step. Right, Hank? Yes, sir. Folks, just a reminder. uh, Actually, it's not a reminder because we didn't announce it yet. Next Thursday, February 10th, will be our final Facebook live stream of the season where we still might do some YouTube live streams throughout the course of the offseason. We wanted to keep doing these live streams until the Giants formulated a full coaching staff because we have a lot of fun talking with you guys. But the reality of the situation is, folks, we have to start evaluating these draft prospects, putting out some short, like like two-minute highlight videos on these guys so you could understand some of these draft prospects a little more. Um, especially after last year, we were all shocked on draft night when the Giants drafted Kadarius Tony. Um, even I was surprised, even though I liked the pick because I had done a little bit of research on him. But I think this is the year that the Giants are going to take the next step. But next Thursday, February 10th, will be our final Facebook live stream. And, hey, we'll get Sam back when we do some of these recordings. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. I we're mean, not James, leaving, James. It's not like we're going anywhere. If anything special comes up, we'll do a Facebook live stream for you folks. How, how's that? If anything groundbreaking happens, like, you know, and of course we'll be live on draft night. We'll be talking about the NFL draft and you could still catch me weekly Wednesday nights now on review and preview at 7 p.m. I'll be back next week for that where we talk about all sports, all things NFL. Just we are going to YouTube exclusively for the offseason for our New York Giants podcast and short videos. But, Hank, any final words of wisdom? Next week's going to be a great show. Really looking forward to it. We're going to have a lot of good stuff in store for our fans. I'm going to do my own little plugs, too, to get them out of the way before I continue what you were going to say. But I will not be going anywhere either. If Manfred willing, there is a baseball season. I will obviously be back, of course, with other content as well, hitting for the cycle. That'll be season two. So, Hopefully, I can talk about more current baseball news that does not pertain to the lockout. But if not, I'll probably release episodes talking about like historic moments in baseball history. So, you guys, those of you who know me, you know I've done my research on a lot of that stuff. But regardless, though, I will also start making short videos as well regarding my other favorite, the other team that I'm a diehard fan of. That would be the New York Rangers. I'll probably, I'll probably be doing those every few weeks. I'll recap all these games. I guess kind of what I'm saying is a mini version of Big Blue Avenue, but just to give you a heads up, you're not going to really see you're not going to really be seeing me go much of anywhere either. But in any event, I'm really excited to check out what the Giants are going to be doing this offseason. I can't wait to dive into like some film for a lot of the different draft prospects. And Tom, you sent me like a list of well over like 150 names. So you know what. No, I'll look at those like one by one. So since we love our fans so much, (laughs) we're going to show the list of the names we're going to evaluate. Oh, I want to see that. Uh, I got it up somewhere. You'll have to find find out my take on the Yank season. I'm it's I'm kind of I'm kind of iffy about the Yankees. If you want to hear more about me, you can probably message me on Twitter because I know you follow me on that. But 
the short answer to what Steve's saying is I'm kind of iffy. I don't really have very high expectations. These are our 2022 draft prospects. The ones lit up in lime green are ones we will definitely be doing some videos on. So, Hank, we got a lot of work to do this oh. offseason. Well, again, I'm going to watch the videos like maybe, maybe a few guys at a time. I, I can't get all that done in one day. You know that. Well, it's going to be a team effort between you, me, and Sam. We're going to break down a lot of these prospects for you guys so that you are prepared on draft night and you know a lot more than a lot of your other Giants friends fans because we want to create the best content for you guys out there. You fans are the ones that make the show. That's why when Hank and I are up at 2, 3 a.m. in the morning going over this stuff, we do it for you guys, you know, mm-hmm. and gals. So we really appreciate all the, all the support that um, everybody's given us. And we're going to continue to grow throughout the course of the offseason and put out some great videos for all of you. And Brian McGardle, speaking of the Rangers, Hank, please have your guys beat up on the Hurricanes a bit. They're scary good right now. Oh, there's too many ex-Rangers on that team, especially friggin' Tony D'Angelo having a good season. <laughs> yeah, no, we play them. We have a lot of big games against them come April when the playoffs spots will be decided. So, You got a Revo jersey or shirt, right? No, I just uh, got the shirt. No, as far as my jersey collection goes with the Rangers, Henrik, Fox. obviously, Fox, Chesterkin. Foxy Lady. Uh, I think I have Kako. I still have my Zook jersey, even though that's, even though it's it's uh what was it the alternate navy blue uniforms that they used in the mid two thousand uh, mid twenty tens. I think it's time to sign off. Yeah, no, Hank, I'm getting into too much about the one. New York Hank and I are both Rangers fans, but this this is not a hockey show. Steve says that's a serious list, and we appreciate your hard work, fellas. Steve, thank you for being a loyal fan. We appreciate you, Brian McArdle, James, everybody who's commented commented in the comments section tonight. If you like what you watch, make sure to subscribe to us on our YouTube channel at Big Blue Avenue, Twitter and Instagram as well at Big Blue Avenue, where we will be going over some more breaking news. I couldn't update the Twitter today. My phone's dead. But on that note, hope you all have an awesome night. We'll be back next week with our Facebook live stream season finale of Big Blue Avenue. And without further ado, let's go Big, Big Blue. Blue.